Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. How are we doing? Good. My name is Jeannie Stevens. I am one of the lead pastors here at Soul City, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, I need to start with a question, and I need you to answer this question. How many of you have a junk drawer in your house? Confession time. You have a junk drawer in your house, maybe a junk closet, maybe a junk room, I don't know. How many of you, the junk drawer is because you live with someone else that made that junk drawer? Okay, if they're next to you, don't poke them right now. There is a junk drawer uh, in our house. It's in our kitchen, actually, and I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter how many times I clean out the junk drawer. It doesn't matter how many times I reorganize the junk drawer. It doesn't matter how many times I gather my family around and have them all peer over the junk drawer that I have reorganized and say, isn't this lovely? Wouldn't you like for this junk drawer to look like this all the time? And I give a clear and compelling and convicting speech. All the junk goes back in the junk drawer every single time. And this last week, uh, I decided uh, I was going to look into the junk drawer. In fact, yesterday, I actually looked into the junk drawer just to see some of the the random items that live in the junk drawer of our house. These are some of the things I took out of the junk drawer just yesterday. This is a metal chapstick container, and it houses two tubes of chapstick, Uh, sugar cookie flavor, very exciting, but wouldn't you know, open it up, there's no chapstick in there. Just the metal container living in the drawer in our kitchen. Another item is actually this compass. Um, It lives in the junk drawer of our kitchen because you just never know when you need to draw a perfect circle. (laughs) You never know, that could happen at any given moment. And thank God Team Stevens has a compass in their junk drawer. Uh, Another item that I found in there is some whiteout, which is dried out. And so even if we wanted to use the whiteout, it's dried out, so we wouldn't even be able to use it. And then the favorite item that I found is actually a sound effects gadget that somebody gave to one of my children, probably at a birthday party or something like that, and it makes all kinds of sounds that preteens and teenagers think are hilariously funny, and adults are utterly annoyed by the sounds. One of the sounds actually is this one. Yes, this lives in the junk drawer of our kitchen. Now, perhaps you have heard of the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, by our good friend Marie Kondo. She also has a television show, and I will tell you that this junk drawer does not spark any joy in my life. I have no joy when it comes to this junk drawer. But what's so fascinating to me is all these little trinkets and all these little treasures went into our junk drawer to find a home. And it causes me to think about the many trinkets 
and treasures that often find a home inside of my mind. I have absolutely no idea how they got there. I have absolutely no idea why they showed up, but all kinds of thoughts are living in what sometimes feels like the junk drawer of my mind. Now, experts estimate that the mind thinks between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. That's an average of 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts per hour. Now, I think we can agree that is a lot of thinking. You and I are doing a lot of thinking throughout the day, correct? And when you think about all of these thoughts and all that is going on up there, we have to be reminded, your thoughts are powerful. They're powerful. But more importantly, your thoughts actually have the power to change your life. It's not just that your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts have the power to change your life. One of the single most transforming ways that God has changed me has to do with recognizing that not every thought I think is worthy of landing on the runway of my mind. Just because I think it does not mean it is worthy of landing on the runway of my mind. And what you do with all of the thoughts that fly over your mind will determine the way that you live. Now, here's what's incredible. This is what is absolutely mind-blowing, and yes, the pun was chosen. God actually said that you get to control your mind that you actually get to control what comes in and what goes out of your mind. And when you get this, literally everything changes because here is the good news. You don't have to believe everything you think. You actually don't have to believe everything you think. Just because you think it doesn't mean you need to believe it. But most of us, we believe our thoughts are true because we have been believing our thoughts are true longer than we even knew we were having a thought. And this happens to every single one of us. It happens in big and noticeable ways and then happens in small and undetectable ways. Oftentimes, we are believing our thoughts without even realizing we're doing it. I watched this happen this last week uh, with a really good friend of mine who also is a coworker, and I asked permission uh, from him to share this story, and he gave me full permission. So Patrick, our worship leader, he is, he's a dear friend and a coworker. and this last week on Wednesday morning at 10, 11 a.m., I sent Patrick a text, and this is what the text said. Hey, Pat, if you have an open second today, I would love to clear something with you. Patrick responded at 10.12, which, by the way, is a very impressive text turnaround time. <laughs> very impressive. Props to Patrick. And he responded at 10.12 a.m. totally. Next text came in at 10.14 a.m. I'll swing by your office when I'm out of the anniversary debrief. Now, 
when Pat was done with his meeting, he did in fact come to my office. He walked through the door. He plopped down onto the couch and he said, okay, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Mind you, all I said to Pat was, I'd love to clear something with you. But from the moment I sent the text to the moment that we were together, all kinds of thoughts <laughs> began to form in Patrick's mind. And all of those thoughts led him to the moment where he came and he plopped down on my couch and he said, okay, what did I do wrong? Now, I instantly started laughing when he said it. And I said, why on earth did you think you did something wrong? He said, I don't know, I just usually do. <laughs> then we both started laughing. And I said, you didn't do anything wrong. I wanted to clear something with you from the conversation we had two days ago. And then Pat and I had a great conversation in literally a matter of minutes. We cleared. And all of our thoughts that we had got clear with one another. We had a great conversation. But can you imagine for just a moment, can you imagine for just a moment if any of the thoughts that began to swarm in Patrick's mind, if he began to believe those thoughts were true? Because you think about it, you get a, a text from somebody and they say, hey, I want to clear something with you. You start to think a lot of thoughts, right? And, and I, I don't know, I didn't actually ask Patrick what were all of the thoughts that went through your mind from the moment I sent you the text to the moment you plopped down on my couch and said, what did I do wrong? But I can only imagine he had a number of thoughts that ran through his mind. They could have gone something like, oh no, what did I do? Did I, did I say something? Did I make a mistake? Gosh, why does Jeannie always find my mistakes? It's like she's an eagle eye. It's like she's always watching me. I need to get better at covering up my mistakes so she doesn't see what I do anymore. Gosh, she's really a tough boss. Now that I think about it, does she clear with anybody else around here? I mean, did she send this text to anybody else? I mean, she's actually, now that, I, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, she's kind of difficult to be around. Oh, my gosh. But wait a minute. This is not the first time. Maybe this is me. I mean, I've been getting in trouble since I was a kid. I guess I just do everything wrong. You see all of the potential thoughts that Patrick could have formed in his mind from one text message. From one text message. Hey, when you have a clear second, could we clear later on today? And friends, this is what we do. It got me thinking, what do people think when I send them text messages? <laughs> what runs through their mind? And we have to remember the facts in this situation. I sent Patrick a text, and Patrick responded to the text. But when we start to believe our thoughts, it has all kinds of potential to change our relationship. 
One of the things that I most love about Pat, one of the things I most love about our friendship is that he plopped down right on the couch and said, what did I do wrong? That he actually just outed what he was thinking and he said, hey, here's what's running through my mind. He kind of let all those stories go away and we had a beautiful opportunity to clear something up in a matter of seconds. But we all do this in our relationships. We take facts. We take experiences. And then all kinds of thoughts start to form. And what's amazing is that often the thoughts that start to form are the familiar thoughts that have been there before. There are thoughts that have been hanging around your mind before because many of the thoughts that we end up believing are familiar thoughts. I like to call them invisible toxic beliefs. And these invisible toxic beliefs, we very rarely say them out loud, but these thoughts are automatic to us. And the problem with familiar thoughts is that we often don't take enough time to even notice the thought before we actually decide, is this thought even true? Should I even believe this thought? And because it's familiar, because we've thought it and we've believed it a million times before, we decide to just believe it again. And then that invisible toxic belief continues to control our lives. But God said, listen, there's another way. You don't have to live this way. So I want you to grab your Bible. We're going to dive into a passage of scripture for just a moment. And I know you just had the thought, should I grab my Bible? (laughs) Yes, you should. There are good, good truths inside. Turn to page 940. It's 2 Corinthians 10. And we're going to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And this is what he had to say to them about these invisible toxic beliefs that every single one of us has. 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, it says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Now, I think that we can agree with this. We are all residents on the same planet. We are breathing the same air, right? The world we live in is sometimes beautiful and it is sometimes broken, correct? And sometimes the thoughts of the world can be unfair, they can be unprincipled, they can be undisciplined. And this passage, what it is saying is the world wages war with all kinds of undisciplined opinions. It wages war with all kinds of thoughts. It wages war with all kinds of stories. It wages war with all kinds of beliefs. All you have to do is turn on the news for five minutes and you will see the war that is being waged, right? And what Paul is saying here in this passage is that when you are in Christ, when you are a Jesus follower, you don't have to live like that. You actually don't have to go through this life the same way. You don't have to be at war like that. We are invited into a different way of living, a different way of being, and a different way of thinking. And God has given every one of us a different kind of weapon. And it's an invisible weapon that actually allows us. And here's the good news. It says this invisible weapon, it it, it gives you the ability, these spiritual weapons to have divine 
power to demolish strongholds. It allows you to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So this invisible weapon that God has given to us, it literally has the power to tear down strongholds. And many of us in this room, we have been believing silent strongholds for most of our life. And most of those silent strongholds are beliefs that you have about yourself. Something that you believe you are or something you believe you are not. Something that someone once said about you and it got lodged in so deep that you have believed that thought. It's a silent stronghold. And God is saying here, listen, the weapon that I have given to you as a Jesus follower, that weapon can tear down that stronghold. You don't have to believe that anymore. It goes on and it says, this weapon, it can end arguments. Do you know what's amazing? Do you know most of the arguments that you and I have with the people that we love or the people that we're trying to love? They are not based on facts. They're based on thoughts that you have about facts. Follow it back. Almost all of the arguments that we end up having with one another, they're very rarely based on factual things. They're based on the thoughts that form from the experiences we have. And this is what's so amazing. God says, the power that I have given to you, it can even tear down those kinds of arguments. You don't have to have those kinds of arguments in your life anymore. He says, this power, it can catch the untrue thoughts that fly through your mind and you don't have to believe those thoughts anymore. And this weapon that God has given us, it has the potential to be the single greatest protection in your life. And then Paul goes on and he says, so do you want to know how to use this weapon? And this is what he says. Take captive every thought. Take captive every thought. Take captive all 60 to 80,000 thoughts, I think, in a day, Paul. How on earth do I do that? Take captive every single thought that I have and make it obedient to Christ? Now listen, if you want to use this weapon that God has given to you, if you want to learn how to actually take captive your thoughts, that means you need to know your thoughts. And most of us, we don't pause long enough to actually pay attention to our thoughts, to notice them to recognize them, to name them. And here's the thing, you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are just that. They're thoughts. They're not you. But some of us, we have gotten so locked into believing that we are our thoughts. Now, somebody in this room literally should have just started jumping up and down, raising a hallelujah because I just said, you are not your thoughts. Friends, I have had some crazy thoughts in my life. Some straight up crazy thoughts. And I am not my thoughts. You are not your thoughts. That is actually good news. That is filled with hope. And what God is saying to us is you need to learn how to become a noticer of your thoughts. 
to stop believing that you are your thoughts and to become a noticer of your thoughts, to pay attention long enough to know what is it that I'm thinking. This happened just this week. Uh, On Friday afternoon, Fridays are our day off, actually, and this past week, uh, Jira and I, our lives were really, really, really full. He has a book that's coming out in January, the first week of January. I'm really excited for him. Um, I'm really excited about the book. And all week long, he was filming all these videos and all these podcasts and all these messages and all kinds of stuff and we were just kind of like going like this like literally just like barely seeing one another all week and he was off and he was filming some on Friday and Friday afternoon after I had done a few things I came back home and I started doing a bunch of things for our family and I was on the computer and I was making you know kids doctor's appointments and signing them up for test prep classes and Gigi needed to go she broke her glasses so she needed to go to the eye doctor all kinds of things so I was just doing all this team Steven stuff you know and at 3 30 Jarrett comes walking in the door from the video shoot that he had just done and fact he walked through the door it's the first fact second fact it was about 3 30 I didn't look at the clock but the fact is it was right around the hour of 3 30 p.m. on Friday afternoon and he said aren't you going to pick up the kids Fact three, I started having some thoughts. (laughs) There were some things swarming in my mind, right? And the thoughts went a little bit like this. Well, hello to you too. That's right. I just made sure that our kids are going to get their physical in January because they're behind, actually. That's right. I signed them up for the test prep class because we want them to go to high school, and we actually want them to be good, healthy adults in the world, and I'm making sure of that so that they can go to high school in this city. That's right. I also just made sure that Gigi has her uh, optometrist appointment. Yes, I just did all of those things, and I just kind of smiled and grabbed the keys and drove three blocks to pick up my kids from school. And I'm driving and I'm feeling all of my thoughts and thankfully, I had had enough intuition to invite the spirit in and to say, what's really going on here? And as I drove the three minutes, I realized, oh, we're running too fast. Oh, we're not really seeing each other. Oh, we're just kind of like co-CEOs of this family. And we're not really connecting and, and building us. Oh. I'm feeling a lot of tenderness. The holidays are coming. And I'm walking into this holiday with grief. That's what's here. That's what's going on with all of these thoughts. Now, thankfully, Jared and I have been doing this work in our marriage for a number of years. And I came back into the house and I said, Hi. 
I've been having some thoughts. And he said, I noticed. And I wish I could say that that's how every one of our strongly worded conversations go down. Um, They don't always. Um, We're so far from perfect. But I will tell you, the phrase, I'm having the thought, has literally revolutionized our marriage. Because I'm no longer attached to I am the thought. I'm having the thought. And it allows us to see one another. But what so often happens is that we believe we are our familiar thoughts. And again, remember, a familiar thought is an invisible toxic belief. And it's something that you have thought so many times that you literally don't even realize that you're thinking it. But it's a toxic belief. And what God says is, I've actually given you a weapon. I've given you a power to not just get stuck in your familiar thoughts. I've given you a power to have freedom thoughts. You can actually take captive your thoughts. They don't have to be familiar thoughts, and you can actually shift them to freedom thoughts. Do you know what a freedom thought is? It's an invisible, truthful belief. And so instead of getting stuck in the invisible, toxic beliefs, we get to actually shift and have invisible, truthful beliefs. And what's so incredible is that I have found every single time, every single time I shift out of the familiar thought into a freedom thought, I realize the freedom thought is always greater than the familiar thought. Every single time. But most of us, We have been believing those familiar thoughts for most of our lives. And there have been consistent familiar thoughts landing on the runway of your mind over and over and over again, and you don't even realize it's happening. Let me show you what I mean by this. Oftentimes, this is what your mind looks like. Planes over and over and over again trying to land on the runway of your mind. Now, this is actually a photoshopped image. I had to have Josh photoshop this because that's actually illegal. TSA would not allow that um, to have that many planes trying to land. But for the sake of the metaphor, go with me. This is what it feels like in many of our minds. Planes, thoughts, constantly landing. And with 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day, there are a lot of planes trying to land on the runway of your mind. You think about all of the different thoughts that you have. Let's just start with your to-do list, right? All the things that you need to do, the doctor's appointments you need to make, the people you need to call, the person that's going to get angry at you if you don't get back to them, all the things on your to-do list, right? Then you start thinking about your relationships. You start thinking about, oh gosh, what was that thing? I talked with my spouse about that. Then you start thinking about your kids. Then you start thinking about your relatives. Then you start thinking about, oh, did I tell them to bring this to Thanksgiving? I really hope they don't bring that casserole because that was really terrible last year. Right? (laughs) Then you think about your work thoughts. Did I get in that 
thing that I was supposed to get done? Did I return that email? Did that presentation that I give, did it actually go well? And then you have the thought with the Hawaiian Airlines, I want to go on vacation. <laughs> and listen, I have learned, always let this land. <laughs> always let this land. A little escaping is not that bad. Palm trees are good. But you start thinking, man, I just want to go on vacation. I just want to lie in the sun and have one of those drinks with an umbrella in it, right? Then you start thinking about all the social media thoughts, and you're like, gosh, that person's life looks so nice. Everything's good about their life. They're always on vacation. Wow, my life does not look as good as them. What is it about their life, right? Then you start thinking all of the worrisome thoughts, right? Gosh, what, what if that happens? What am I going to do? I mean, if, if that happens at work, what, what are we, how are we going to solve that? If that happens in my family, oh my gosh, it, if she actually leaves, if she ends this relationship, what, what, what am I, what am I going to do? And you start thinking all your anxious thoughts. Gosh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it today. I don't know if people understand that like, it's literally like everything for me to just get through my day. Like, I... I I sometimes can't even control all the things that are coming through my mind. And then, and then you think about some of the, the shameful thoughts, the things that you've done in your past, and you thought that you put those in your past, and now here they are showing back up in your mind. And I could keep going. I got about 50 planes in here. <laughs> At any given time, the airspace of your life is filled with thought planes flying overhead, and they all want the same thing. They want you to clear them for landing. They want to be cleared for landing on the runway of your mind, but here is some good news, friends. Guess who God says you are? You're this. You're the air traffic controller. You get to decide what planes land and what planes don't. And that is what that divine power is that Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians. You get to decide. Am I going to let this plane land on the runway of my mind? What am I going to actually think about when I think about that person that I'm actually jealous of? What am I going to think about when I think about that past situation that I walked through? What am I going to think about when that thing that I'm scared is going to happen in my future shows up in my mind? What am I going to think about? You get to decide what thoughts land on the runway of your mind. And here's some good news. Not every thought plane needs to be cleared for landing. Just because you think it does not mean you need to let it land on the runway of your mind. You get to take captive your thoughts. You get to lay them down in front of Jesus and say, is this actually true? Is this actually helpful? Is this thought about to harm my life? You get to decide. But many of us, this is actually what 
the runway of your mind looks like. Crowded and slammed with all kinds of planes looking for a gate to pull up to. Kind of looks like O'Hare. And many of us, this is what our minds look like. When your mind is overcrowded, there's planes all over the place. When your mind feels stressed and anxious and filled with worry, and you feel weary, and it's because you have caught far too many thoughts and allowed them to land on the runway of your mind. And some of us have gotten on some thought planes that while we were on the ride, it felt really fun. And then you landed in a destination that you thought, I don't think I want to be here anymore. And the Bible actually says there are certain thought planes that if you get on them, no matter what circumstance comes your way, these kinds of thoughts always allow you to arrive in a good destination. Paul, the same one that wrote the letter in Corinthians that said you can take captive your thought, he actually wrote another letter to the church at Philippi, and he said this, listen, my brothers and sisters, if you want to know how to catch the right kind of thoughts in your life, here are the thoughts that you need to be catching. Think about things that are true. Think about things that are noble, whatever is right and pure and lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, these are the things for you to think about. And I wonder, is this what you're thinking about? Is this what you're filling your thoughts with? Things that are true and noble, things that are pure and lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent and praiseworthy. See, one of the, the best gifts that we can give to ourselves is we can ask ourselves two questions. Where is this thought coming from and where is this thought going? Where is this thought coming from and where is this thought going? You know, lots of the pain and the heartache in your life is often there because you cleared some thoughts for landing that don't belong on your mind anymore. I look in my own life, and I look at the pain and the heartache in my own life, circumstances that I would have never chosen, but so often the pain and the heartache is connected to thoughts that I have allowed to land on the runway of my mind. Friends, you are not your thoughts. You're the air traffic controller. You get to take captive your thoughts. You get to decide God has given us a divine power to say, here's what I'm going to let land on the runway of my mind. And if you have divine power to decide what's going to land on the runway of your mind, you also have divine power to decide this is what I am going to think about. Because some of you have allowed shame to land on the runway of your mind. And listen, you can catch a plane filled with grace shame just because it's landed on the runway of your mind. Here's the good news. There's always another plane taken off. And you need to get on the plane of grace. Some of you have allowed blame to land on the runway of your mind. And you need to catch a plane of love 
Some of you have allowed depression and darkness to land on the runway of your mind. And God wants to fill up your thoughts. He wants you to catch a plane with hope and with light. And the reason there is always a new plane taking off is because of the undeniable love of God and the unmistakable grace of Jesus that says, I have created you to be able to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You're the air traffic controller. You get to decide what lands on the runway of your mind. So I want to invite you to stand. I want to pray for you. And Jesus, I ask that you would help us to be these kinds of people that think about whatever is true, the kinds of people that think about whatever is noble and whatever is right. God, I pray that you would help us to meditate on what is pure and lovely and admirable. God, I pray that you would fill our thoughts with things that are excellent and praiseworthy of you. Jesus, help us to fix our eyes, to fix our attention, to fix our thoughts on you, on your undeniable love and your unmistakable grace, Jesus. And I pray your covering over this room right now, God. Some of us, our minds are so crowded and so anxious and so overwhelmed. And Jesus, I pray your peace, your peace that passes all understanding. I pray that you would remind us that when we think about these things, you change our lives. We love you. And all God's people prayed and said, amen.